There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give me your heart, make it real, or else forget about it. Oh, happy Friday, and welcome to the second hour of the Colleen and Bradley Show here on My Talk 1071. Streaming live, doing everything entertainment at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Bradley. Colleen will be back on Monday. Holly's here, of course, as is Grant. And, you guys, I'm very excited. I got a new book for you to read. Um, I'm going to welcome the author of that book. His name is Chris Stedman. Uh, welcome to the show today to chat about his new book. It's called IRL, Finding Realness, Meaning, and Belonging. In our digital lives, it sounds like a lot of words, but trust me, um, you're going to love this book. <laughs> Chris is based in Minneapolis. He's also a professor of religion and philosophy. And if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. We're very excited. I, I've never realized how serious of a person I sound until just that introduction right now. <laughs> I know that did sound rather serious, and I'm 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 uh, excited to move beyond the series because while you are a very serious person, and this book does have some very thoughtful, serious topics, it's also like super graspable, approachable, and um, you know, for our audience who loves to dive deep into pop culture, I think they're going to feel very at home when they pick up a copy of IRL. Um, but to that point, can you just tell people who maybe missed the memo on what IRL actually means uh, what the, what that represents? Sure, yeah. So IRL is short for in real life, right? And we usually use that to refer to things that happen offline. So there's this kind of idea that life online is fake or less real. And then what happens offline, that's sort of real life. And the book is me trying to kind of make sense of the fact that we've got this idea that life online isn't real or is less real or the things that we do online somehow sort of aren't, aren't as real as what we do elsewhere. Um, and I, you know, I'm trying to sort of make sense of that in light of the fact that so much of our lives happen online. And especially this year when we're all in quarantine and we've had to move sort of huge pieces of our lives to the internet. So the book is, is me um, trying to sift through that and understand how, the internet has changed what it means to be human and what we can learn from that. And um, I appreciate you saying it's accessible. I definitely, you know, I, I have to credit all, I, I spent a lot of time interviewing people, doing a lot of research. And I feel like, you know, I learned so much from that process. And my hope is, is just to sort of share what I learned with readers. So glad to hear that. 
Yeah, no, I think you definitely do that. And what's funny is, you know, on our show, we'll frequently talk about, like, it, the Internet's a dumpster fire. And mostly because we're talking about it in the context of, like, trolls mm-hmm. and, com- you know, just, like, people being ridiculous online. So it's very sort of, like, easy to, you know, sort of throw that the Internet away as, like, something, you know, it's just a dumpster fire. But you actually kind of run towards the dumpster fire and you find, <laughs> like, some, like... Like, maybe you don't put the fire out, but you, like, salvage some things from the dumpster so that... Because I really think that um, there's lessons on the internet, even in this moment, that can help us. Or at least I think you're you're trying to, to show us that, that it can actually help us in our, yeah. quote, real lives. Well, I mean, I think if the internet feels like a dumpster fire, and if we want to sort of dismiss it as a dumpster fire, it's because, like we're uncomfortable with the fact that humanity is kind of a dumpster fire. Like being (laughs) human is being a big mess. And, you know, people often refer to the internet as a kind of funhouse mirror in that it reveals certain things, but also distorts certain things. And I think that the internet gives us a chance to recognize things about ourselves that, you know, are maybe uncomfortable and to confront those things. And, you know, I talk in the book about, being on Twitter and sort of, you know, trying to square what I share on Twitter with this kind of the the professional pieces of my life, my work as um, an, as an educator, as a writer, and feeling like this tension between, you know, what I can share online, maybe my sort of more trollish moments or my interests in pop culture or whatever with these other pieces of myself. But I think the internet gives us a chance to recognize that, you know, we've always been different selves in different spaces. The person I am with my mom is kind of different from the person I am with my friends when I'm talking crap. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. It's different from the person I am right now. But it's not as if any one of those people is sort of more real than the other and and any one of them is fake. It's just that, you know, I, I have different pieces of myself. And I think online we're often made to feel like we have to be this sort of coherent self um, that's the same person for all of those audiences. And that presents a real challenge. And Mm -hmm. I think some people experience that and feel like they just need to sort of reduce themselves down to the most, um, you know, sort of safest version of themselves. But I think it also gives us a chance to do the opposite and to say, you know, we're all complex, contradictory we're all crap talkers and kind hearted people. Um, and, and, and to embrace that rather than to run away from it. And so, you know, again, I think what I'm trying to do, what I try to do in this book is give people a chance to sort of look at their own lives and ask what they can learn from the tension that they may feel between their sort of quote unquote fake internet life and the, the rest of their life. Well, do you think, Chris, if you just joined us, we're talking to author and scholar Chris Stedman, the author of IRL, Finding Realness, Meaning and Belonging in Our Digital Lives. Do you think that as we move forward, that online presence of individuals is just it's just going to be more integrated into people's lives? Or do you think that there is going to be still that need to compartmentalize one's being when presenting it on social media? Or do you find that it's just people are accepting it more as oh, yeah, this is just kind of part of who I am. Yeah, I mean, I think 
this year has definitely shown that there's kind of no going back. I don't think we're we're going back to a pre-digital age anytime soon. And I think more and more important parts of our lives of what it means to be a person are going to happen online. But I do think that we need moments away to kind of get perspective. You know, I'm old enough that I can remember a time in my life before the internet. You know, I didn't have a smartphone until my early 20s. And so I had parts of my life where I, you know, informative times in my life when I was, you know, mostly not on the internet and I would have to, you know, logging on was more of a sort of intentional act um, rather than sort of integrated into all parts of my day. Whereas now, you know, my phone's the first thing I look at the morning and the last, uh, in the morning and the last thing I look at at the end of the day. And it's sort of integrated into all parts of my life. Yeah, and you're so not... I think, Oh, go ahead. I think, you know, we, have to be sort of intentional about logging off and taking time away from the internet. I've definitely felt that this week, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's when it's easy to just be super glued to your phone. um, I think we do need, it's not, again, it's not that the internet and, and the sort of things we can experience online are not real. It's just that we also need to have other kinds of experiences. We need to have time when we're truly alone, because when you're alone, you're, forced to, you know, sort of confront the kinds of questions and things that can only arise when you're by yourself versus sort of connected to other people. Um, So I I think that, you know, we're not, we're definitely not going back. I also think that life online is going to continue to be sort of an important part of how we understand ourselves, but I think we need to make space for other kinds of experiences too. Yeah, I really appreciate how the book sort of, um, you know, you're not running away from the internet, but you're not like, it's not going to be everything either that you create or you maintain that space for sort of like running away on occasion, but then you come back and being more thoughtful about what you are sharing online, but not being afraid to share parts of yourself online that before you we were kind of had our you know, hands smacked, like, don't post that, don't post that, because you don't want people to totally. see this side of who you are when really it's just another reflection of, I think the more we reflect who we actually are, probably maybe the better things would actually get in some way. But yeah, um, it really changed my experience of the internet, feeling like I, you know, sort of overthinking what I post less and just sharing more of what's on my mind um, has, ha- has had a, you know, huge shift for me. I remember you know, I, again, I, I used to feel like I needed to put out this sort of very serious image. Um, and then I remember a few years ago, I, I really wanted to write this piece on flops uh, or pop stars who, um, mm. you know, have an album that doesn't sell very well um, because, you know, I love uh, a flop. Yes. And um, I wanted to write a piece exploring <laughs> what we can learn from flops and why people love them. And I remember I had to really sort of convince myself that it was okay to do that. And of course, like no one else is thinking as much about your online presence and whether or not it's coherent as you are. And as soon as I put it out there, no one, it's not like anyone was, you know, it it didn't change the way that anyone saw me, I think. And I think that when we just allow ourselves to get a little bit freer online, a lot of those pressures fall away. It's a very, very good lesson. And you do a great job of putting that in the book. So I just want to encourage our listeners again, and I'll post this um, on our uh, or on my Twitter account, but also we'll post it on the, on the website. Again, it's Chris Stedman's um, brand new book, IRL, Finding Realness, Meaning and Belonging in Our Digital Lives. And Chris, I cannot let you go before we ask you a very important <laughs> question, because I know you're like a huge Britney fan. And here on the Colleen and Bradley show, we're like obsessed 
with Britney finding freedom in her own life. Do you, like we do, believe that Britney Spears needs to get out from under the thumb of her evil father, Jamie? You know, it's when you said you wanted to talk about Britney, I thought it was so weird because it's not like I ever post about Britney online or anything. So it felt <laughs> yeah. very out of my yes. field. Yeah, you were like, why are you asking? That's really rude. <laughs> no, but actually it is it is funny that you asked because um, I've actually been working on a secret project that's Britney related for a lot of this year. Ooh. Unfortunately, the details are still being finalized, so I can't I can't say what it is just yet, but. If you do follow me online, I will share those details as soon as I can. But I have been thinking about Brittany a lot this year. And I do think she's an interesting example of something I explore in the book, which is this idea that we just get these sort of glimpses into other people's lives. And then we project onto all the blank spaces in between. And I do that all the time with Brittany. I'll sort of look for little clues in what she's posting and and sort of project my own anxieties onto her. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I... I think she's a really interesting example of how, you know, we can create a whole story about someone else from these little pieces that we get on of, of them online. And so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I do. So the answer that, is yes. You totally believe that she's being held captive <laughs> by her evil father. It's fine. <laughs> I think that I think that there is a lot that we will learn about Brittany mm-hmm. in the coming right. years. Oh, if she decides that she wants to share. But, Chris, thank yeah. you so much. And I really do want to encourage Ooh. you guys not only to pick up the book, but follow him online. Um, you're going to get some great humor um, and you follow some great people and retweet them. So I just use you as a resource regularly. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for joining us on the show today and best of yeah, luck with the book. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. When Thanks, we come, Chris. When we come back here on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got Paul no, not no. Paul yet. Oh, cheat day. That means we're going to try something super tasty that Holly's brought us when we come back right here on My Talk 1071.